Welcome back to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things badass punk, indie, and of course, intersectional feminism. It's an exciting week because festival season is finally kicking into gear. Whether you're following all the details of South by Southwest or prepping for local fests like Don't Stop St. Pete, there's plenty of buzz for all the ways you can catch more and more touring bands. So, before I get into my interview with Don't Stop St. Pete, a little rant. Before I get into this week's guests, I want to talk about a particular festival announcement, Warp Tour. Just saying those words kind of make me cringe a little. My buddies and I jokingly refer to it as the Walmart of Punk Showcase. But jokes aside, this 22-year-old festival has a dark side, one that's known for teenage girls that are preyed on by grown men in bands, social media stalked by people involved in the event, and worse. Whether it's the widely publicized protests against front porch steps, Jake McElfresh, or the YouTuber Austin Jones, there's never really felt like there was a safe enough space for women of all ages to participate in Warp Tour. Until this year, War on Women, a band that I've had the pleasure of having on this podcast, has stepped up and into the fray with their Project Safer Scenes with activist Carolyn Furtermetter. The goal is to have a booth at every Warp Tour stop to educate on sexual violence, racial violence, and improve the experience for all attendees. Wow, talk about bringing the fight to the fray. Truthfully, Warp Tour needs war on women and other vocal feminist bands that they've brought on, like Bad Cop, Bad Cop. It's the only way to save the festival's rather frayed reputation. I'm not anxious to buy a ticket to the festival, truthfully, in spite of the efforts to bring feminism forward. Kevin Lyman has spent far too many years not forcing change. It's been 22 years, and we're just now addressing violence toward women in a festival. That's pretty bad. But I do think that this does present a critical opportunity. So with that in mind, this is my message to Warp Tour, if you're listening. I'm applying for press this year, and I'm sure many women, LGBTQ folks, and people of color who are involved in various music media are too. Give us access. Put diverse voices front and center. That's the only way forward, to at least start to repair your reputation. Give us representation and a platform to speak against the violence that we face in the scene that, let's face it, Warped Tour bands have perpetuated. Let us see for ourselves that the culture has changed. Then we'll tell others. There are plenty of examples of festivals who genuinely care about their musicians and attendees. This is where we get into Don't Stop St. Pete. It's a local festival based here in St. Petersburg, Florida, that showcases different acts from throughout the state. It's led by two badass women, Kristen Stegard and Anna Serena, who really place an effort on diversity and exposure of what matters to us here in St. Petersburg. The festival has been going since 2013, and its culture of inclusivity has been part of its very foundation. I talked to Anna and Kristen about finding their way in music, what it takes to create a festival, and their focus on bringing their talented friends to bigger and bigger stages. With that being said, let's tune into our interview now.
happens after we die. That's what I'm consumed with. 'Cause I've seen things that make me cry. Where do our souls go when we So I'm joined tonight by Anna and Kristen. How's it going for both of you? Great. Awesome. I'm sure you're very excited for Don't Stop to finally be happening. That's coming up this weekend. Can you kind of tell me, before we get into all the festival stuff, describe when you first fell in love with your favorite genre of music? High school. Um, Warped Tour and Fused. One of is actually good. <laughs> kind of old my music taste. Damn, kill the noise. <laughs> That's Ghost <so> awesome. up. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. So you were more so into like the indie and the punk and that kind of sound, Kristen. Yeah. That's awesome. Now from there, you know, how did you both kind of get involved in the music scene here locally? It was a paid gig. <laughs> they started paying for like street team and Mark MySpace, and so Bradenton and Sarasota didn't have really a music scene, many music venues. So I was like, I'm moving to St. Pete, <laughs> and I got the job and a house in the same week. And where was this at? Uh, Daddy Cool Records. Okay. Awesome. That's a really awesome spot here in St. Pete for our listeners who aren't quite as familiar with that. If you don't know about Daddy Cool, then you're missing out. We were just we were just talking about our Hoobastank, our first show together. It was Hoobastank at Williams Park. Wow. It was eight years ago in January. Daddy Cool had a tent there. We were selling Hoobastank seats. <laughs> That's so awesome. Hoobastank was the first rock band to play at Williams Park, by the way. Oh, really? It's in, it's in Wikipedia and everything. <laughs> so cool, though. I started in high school when I was, like, 16. I wanted to get into concerts for free, so I could actually go to them. <laughs> and then I started shoot-teaming with, like, record labels so I could get free tickets if I, like, did certain work at the show. And then I go to shows all the time um, by myself really early so I could be up front. And that's where <laughs> I met Tony. I told him that if you ever need anything, to let me know, and he let me know by getting a security guard to give me his card. So I finished high school, moved to St. Pete, went to USF, and they gave me a job at Daddy Cool. And then I just ran the Mill Club Street Team until I got a job with them after Daddy Cool. Wow, that's really awesome. Sounds like quite the career to kind of start from high school and go all the way to the present and stuff. Mm -hmm. So what's your title now for all that? Right now, for No Clubs, I am the marketing director, and I do all the ticketing. Awesome. Slinging tickets. Yeah. <laughs> That's badass, it's a, it's a time, it's a place in time when you didn't live downtown. It was so long ago. Anna used to do the tickets. Anna and I used to have a desk right across from each other, and she was the marketing director, essentially. Didn't have that title, then. <laughs> it didn't have that title. She was just, like, it, and I was also there. But I was working for Daddy Cool, so I would kind of, like, Half work for Daddy Cool, half work for No Clubs, and like do all the Facebook and 
MySpace and then when Instagram started and Twitter and everything, we kind of like tag teamed and created both of it together. What was it like for you to kind of experiment with that? Because I mean, social media, people don't realize it's still relatively new. Yeah. You know, what was it like for you to kind of find your way in communicating music to people at that time? We made a Facebook profile for our company. It was fun. (laughs) For everybody we knew. Dude, I knew everyone. I think Facebook groups. I think that helped though because now I know everyone. Like I know which which people go to shows and you learn a a bit of your community and like who's who's trying to make a difference or hey. (laughs) I started at Daddy Cool Records in 2008. She started Daddy Cool Records in 2009. So I was like, there a little bit before her, so I was like, who's this girl coming in here? <laughs> but you got another girl we ended this. up getting along after a little while. That's, That's so cool, though, that you kind of both were able to kind of come in at very close points in time and be able to build something, I mean, and form this team to where you're sharing all this information about shows, local and the big names that come through, too. What was the first maybe big band that you felt like you got to announce and promote that got you excited? What do you mean, like, when I first started, Did or when I... The Pepperoni show. Every time I would do my favorite bands, like, Taking Back Sunday, or Brand New, or, like, Kevin Devine, or Manchester Orchestra, whenever they'd come, and it was my concert, and I was the one to announce it, a ticket on sale. <laughs> yes. That, that's when I knew I made it. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't that little 16-year-old, I was actually the one, you know, printing the tickets and, like, making the guest list. That was really cool. That's so exciting. I rem- I see you post pictures with these people because you've helped promote their shows many times over the years. Like Kevin Devine, for example. I remember you had a picture from before and then like a current picture. And yeah. I'm like, wow, to say that you booked this show and put that together multiple times. It's got to be really exciting. From a, from a fan to a career. I'm not a fan anymore. I'm like a co-worker. <laughs> You're totally a fan. I'm still a fan. That's weird. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You what about the you, City Anna? Colors show. Because you, you did it just as much as you, you think the Propagani show? No, it was the first I mean, where you drove um, fun. I was a runner for fun at the State Theater. Oh my god, that was my I don't know, there's show. so many. I can't remember that moment, honestly, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's overwhelming when you start to think back on everything that you've been able to accomplish over the years, the kind of shows you've been able to promote and be a part of. You're, no, you're absolutely right. Um, even on the way over here, I was just like, I had her read your email over, and I was like, man, she's going after some really empowering things just by what you're block, like what you're doing with your interviews and stuff. And yeah, no, a lot of moving parts that's happening right now. So yeah, you drove you drove him in your shitty car, and you guys smoked weed, and he just got brain surgery, bad brain, bad brains. That was the show. <laughs> Fuck. It was the Bad Brains Propaganda oh show at the State Theater. That was the moment that I was like, I I helped create this moment in time. And I was mm-hmm. like, brought their stuff on the tour. But and then she drove, it was just like all this stuff. And her, she, she had all these wires hanging out of her car. <laughs> wow. It was it was crazy. Yeah, I didn't have a headliner. Oh my God. <laughs> and the venue oversold tickets like, there's like 900 people in there. It was bananas. Wow. That's exciting to have that kind of moment. Especially for like Bad Brains and Propaganda, really. That's, that's... That was 2009. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So, you know, one of the things that you both do that's really awesome is you have a great way of being able to pull in local bands and kind of immerse yourself in the local scene also. In that sense, what? How did you kind of begin to meet local bands and form that relationship? I think, if anything, whenever bands ask me about you know playing bigger shows, I'm like, they generally like to book with you if they can jump on a larger show, get more exposure. I think they feel more comfortable with that because there's not that quite they like to play on us? it. Yeah. Oh, they you can actually say that. Yeah, uh, oh, because nice. you, you don't really put that pay to play pressure on them. Mm. You kind of are just never. You, Never, and it's really cool because at that point they get the exposure that they want, they get to play a larger show, and they also feel like it's a really great relationship. Hmm. How did you kind of decide to build that with them? Oh, well. Most of our friends. Yeah, I was about to say, like, when we, our friends were in bands, and then we kind of grew up with them, and then 
you know, you go out and then you see more bands playing at bars and then you get to meet them and become friends with them. And then you just, it's kind of word of mouth where you'll be like, hey, I need to find a band that's um, this kind of genre and so they need to open up for this show. Then you just ask them and kind of you build relationships that way. You kind of want to see if they're actually good and I don't know. That's kind of, what's I it, it's really nice to see their potential and then to see them take their potential to another level, like beyond like what we provide as a platform, I think also. And that's really, that's happened a lot lately because we're all getting to this point of, we're all kind of growing together for, you know, almost, almost a decade. Like it's fair to say. And I think that now everyone's like doing their own tours and they're, you know, going different markets and on their own. And so that's, um, that's been a joy. <laughs> yeah. Cause you kind of get to see these bands basically grow up also. I mean, I think a band's like set and setting and even like we, the Kings, they come back and they play these hometown shows and or stuff. Set it off. I always yeah. put their shows on or and always I added them to shows and now they're like on tour. Who's been maybe like your favorite one that you've seen kind of like grow to that level of success that you can still return to that's like local? I was excited. Dude, I don't have because they were my friends. Like I met one of the guys at a Kevin Devine show. We were friends, and then he was like, "I have this band, so I would go see their shows." And then I put them on shows. And then also, Goodnight Neverland is a band that I think has a lot of potential, and I put them on shows when they were, like, just starting out. Yeah, I mean, Carrie Courtney ended up on American Idol for a stint awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, we season. we see them pretty regularly, you know, in our local scene. That's pretty awesome and they exciting. one of their first shows around here. Really? That's mm-hmm. awesome. So it's got to be super special for you to see them go from, you know, regular local band into something that's really going to pick up some more speed and momentum. Yeah. Yeah. No, Sun Setting would definitely be one of those guys. Like, I'm thinking, I'm like... I, have, I feel like there's so many, like, how do you single out? And, like, Jensen, like, they put out, like, four records. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. everyone's done their bit in some way or another. Or like Just, graffiti. And Vainy Hands. But they're all, started. they're all been, they've all, like, shared members of different bands. And mm-hmm. so they all, I feel like, have this, you know, I go to your show, you go to my show. And, and so everyone just kind of... Um, collaborates in, in a bunch of different ways. So that's why I was like, it's hard to answer. Cause Plus we get hit up all the time. Hey, I want to play this show. Let me open up for this show. And it's like a show where we're not even allowed to put anyone on there. <laughs> oh, like, man. Anything at Janice or the State Theater, it's kind of hard. Or the Ritz, don't even expect it. Like, Yeah. No, it's such a stacked lineup usually when it yeah. is that kind of show. And, you know, they're going to play longer sets ideally whenever it's a bigger lineup. So that totally makes sense. Um, who was it? Didn't Worst Party Ever open for, like, Hawthorne Heights or something not too long ago? Something like that. That's not hard to farm anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> Hawthorne Heights, like, is older, and they play smaller venues now, so it's like, any band can open up for Hawthorne Heights now. It's not like how they were back in, like, 2006 or seven. Sure. They were, like, blowing up and selling out State Theater. Now it's like, they play the local and maybe it fills a pathway. That's still cool, though, that you can kind of allow these bands to kind of make those kind of connections. Even yeah. if it is an older band, it they can cool learn though. something. Because, I mean, I don't know that band in particular, but I mean, once you open up for one bigger band, then you can open up for another one. Mm-hmm. And it just goes from there. That's awesome to hear, especially knowing that there's so many bands that, you know, you can pull from your own memory of, like, ones that you love and that you want to book and that you can kind of see progress. One of the things I thought was really cool about Don't Stop St. Pete is a lot of these bands are starting to move on and really get into even bigger stages. I think about how about a year and a half, two years ago, Vanny Hans was playing Don't Stop St. Pete. They just played, like, South by Southwest. How exciting is that to be able to see, you know, these bands kind of go from playing your festival to something even larger in that sense? No one else is doing it around here. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it feels great. You know, it's like stimulating. We feel proud. Yeah, very proud. Yeah. It's a learning curve. And once they get on bigger things and they have more motivation to go on even bigger things. So they 
they know how to reach those um, festivals and get on that or like find their own kind of um, pop-up show. I'm friends with the bands that come down to St. Pete and I've noticed that a lot of the showcases they were on were with other bands that have toured down to Florida. Mm -hmm. So it was like, let's keep Florida afloat and at South by. And they did. I think it was really, it was really awesome. It's so cool. You know, you both have been really involved, of course, in Don't Stop St. Pete. I know it started in 2013. Can you kind of tell me about your involvement from then to now? Then to now. Um, Let's see. It started... I've kind of done everything in terms of, like, getting the team and getting the sponsors and getting... Like, each year, it's it's morphed into something different. Um, so, as far as, like, all doing all the logistics and promoting and... Is that what you mean by, like, involvement? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, order. Um, yeah. And then we've always had someone that helps with the booking. Mm-hmm. And then we get someone to help with um, the volunteers. And then usually another community member to come in for, like, the vendors. So, it's been kind of, like... A spider web of, or octopus. Octopuses are in. An octopus of like different um, collaborators to come in. Oh, that's cool. Can't stop, won't stop, don't stop. It was kind of, it started from there, I feel like. Really? But she started Don't Stop Collective. You didn't know Yeah, that. sorry. It's, an, it's a break off of the music, com- the company that we were trying to, like I still have. It, it morphed into an event planning company now but was started off as, like, an artist management platform. So we would, like, get your socials, we would get your logos, any sort of, like, creative creative building um, for local bands. And we still, I definitely still offer, like, assistance and stuff um, to some artists. But we had that company. We were doing shows under it. And we were just, like, let's take over... And book even more of these shows, like more of the bands. And okay. my partner Shane, he his band was always sunsetting, was growing. So we're like, we would put them on like the main stage, like they packed state theater. Yeah. And so we just saw that whoa, like we can bring out this many people for our own shows. Let's focus on like our own people and our own bands and our own like friends' bands. And awesome. we have the connections with. Like multiple venues in the beginning because it started on Central, the 600 block, which is where I worked. And her and I both worked together. And when she left No Clubs, she started Don't Stop. And I was still at No Clubs, so we could work together more, kind of like business partners for life these days. <laughs> Joking around saying that, but Bomb Squad. since you know we're best friends and we also are in the music scene, so we just put our knowledge together and work together. And whatever she needs, I'll help with. Whatever I need, she'll help with. And then we just... A lot of meetings and late nights, but Anna kind of plans so much of it. Like, That's logistically, awesome. and, you know, she has a lot of say in the bands and, like, her vision for it. And she wants it to be kind of, like, building the community that St. Pete already has. Yeah. So that's why we want to want stop St. Pete, because we're, you know, kind of in St. Pete, and it's our, it's our home, so we want to... Make it more enriched. That's really cool. You know, you mentioned about how much, you know, Anna puts into that, the planning and all the process and stuff. And I noticed with a lot of really great festivals that I've been to, you always can feel a little bit of, like, the people in charge, their personalities come through and what they put together, you know, artistic styles, sorry, that I've seen in, like, you know, the fest, for example. You can tell who puts that on. Um, can you kind of tell me how you feel like you put your personality into the festival? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said earlier, like just always like having that stimulation of that m- moment in time, and like, I, why was I there? Oh, I was there for this, and who was I there to see? And what was that awesome installation that I saw, or that really great moment I just made with my best friend, or that like photo I took with K Cool. And so, I don't know, it's, it's just like a, you're right, I think that those decisions all go into it, and that's 
that was definitely the fun part. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, the creation part because it kind of lets you be yourself more and, like... Well, when yeah. you're kind of in the music scene and you know all these local bands, it's like, well, we know them all already, so why not just put them on, on one big showcase? Um, Basically. <laughs> it is one big showcase. Cause... You know, it was kind of... It kind of started before Don't Stop with Anti-Warped, and I don't want to mention Anti-Warped too much, but... It was like an anti, you know, of all the like corporate big music festivals. Nothing really showcased like the local scene in regards to festivals. Like this was before GMS and mm-hmm. like uh, Tamp festivals. So we just wanted to do something and have our scene kind of showed as well. Yeah, you know, you do a really great job picking the people who really represent, I feel like, the culture of St. Pete's local scene. And it's really cool because there's just this very strong element, and I feel like maybe it's the friendships that you formed with these bands and the people who put it together, um, volunteers and otherwise, that really show through the kind of personalities that you both have. Sounds like you're obviously very creative and involved and, you know, strategic in how you want things to look and be. So that's really cool to hear that that's the part that kind of gets to come through. So, um, tell me about a little bit of the planning process. How do you start and how do you put together a music festival? (laughs) I'm sure it's very involved. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny because I was like, how do I, yeah, it's, I was just telling her it's all about organization. Like the moment you get unorganized or if an envelope gets in the wrong sleeve, you're like, where did that go? Or so, <laughs> <laughs> um, no organization plays a, a huge key role. And, um, as far as getting it started, I'd say that having that, like that demand of something that is lacking or like, mm-hmm. that's something that fulfills you or like, it's like a band writing a song or like, as a person that likes to put on events, I will, I usually, I typically find the people that are like wanting something Mm -hmm. and then kind of making that dream a reality and typically using their budgets. So then it's becomes, you know, their event that I'm like creating for them. And we, we did it with like a new Belgium slow ride and it was a mini little festival, you know? And so, that helps like having the connections that you make with the sponsors. Cause then they'll have you do other projects. Um, but I don't know. It starts, I don't know. The planning process. The planning process. Well, first you have to find out number one, where's the festival going to happen. You need a venue. Otherwise, you know, there's no festival and you have to figure out what dates and you don't want to put a festival during when everything else is happening. Cause then no one will come. March, we were lucky. Oktobi, GMF, or the Grand Prix, mm-hmm. GMF, don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like one week and then don't stop. So we're like, all right, we're safe. And additionally, the routing for Florida. Like, yeah. March is a good month. People are coming off of South by Southwest, and people are, like, starting their routing to go to South by Southwest. So a lot of local bands we're getting ready for that. And they're like, all right, if you make the date and that I was talking to them in advance, I'm like, Hey, I'm thinking about this date. And they were like, all right, well, we're going to be here and here. So it was, you know, the date is definitely strategic and like who you plan on booking. And if it's an agent situation, making sure the agents know that that's your time frame, And this is the other acts that you're going to be playing with. Cause when you get to another level, a lot of that has, um, plays a big factor in it. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm sure they want to know who they're going to share the stage with, what kind of venue they're getting into. There's a lot of information that has to go back and forth, I'm sure. And particularly with fest planning, a lot of times you don't have your stage specs before an agent wants to know what the, the band's playing on. So in a situation, if you're doing a festival, you have writers. Mm-hmm. And so you sometimes will have to produce a writer because you want that artist. And so you're like, oh, I want so-and-so or the flaming lips I know I'm going to need this this and this and this you know that's a terrible example but you could see my point in terms of like the artist yeah Um, some of them have probably specific ideas of what they either want to be or what they want to do 
how they want to be represented there. So right. it sounds like there's a lot that goes into it, especially with the higher level bands that would be playing. Mm-hmm. And then you also want to make a list of the bands that you want. Mm-hmm. And um, you also want to see who the community wants also. And then you have to reach out to all of them, make sure they're available, see what they're interested in, and kind of like figure out how many bands you're booking. And then you have to figure out how you're going to be able to pay for everything because, you know, festivals aren't cheap. No, they sure are When you have to work with the city and getting permits and, you know, venue fees and all of the above and no one's going to want to work with you for free. Not everyone. And then you want to have kind of a theme and you have to have websites, social media. I like how you know all of this because I can, I'm always talking to her. I'm like, but... I don't have this kind of insurance and like, so I need to like get this. And so the learning process of trying to, I I say know what you're doing. I don't want to say legitimate because it's not that I'm like illegitimate, but you definitely have to, it's a learn. It's definitely a process. There's not like a, you can't just find out how to do this. Like you definitely put in your time and learn the ropes and talk and making yourself known in that industry, especially with city people. Because mm-hmm. once you start doing a bad event or you're permitting or you didn't get enough portal lights, they're like, like, I'm, you know, we're going to watch you like a hawk. And so I've been fortunate to be on a board of another city event. So a lot of these people know me and have started to, like, take notice to, like, what I do. So it's been a tad bit easier, but they, it's also been a tad bit more difficult because of the um, Oakland fire. And sure, they so now all these city, like the zoning and permitting um, lead city planner, got worried, went to the city council. So now there's a bunch more steps that you have to take for being for having a um, temporary alcohol license and a temporary event permit. So I'm sure it sounds like it gets pretty complicated fast. Do you think your experience, you know, working in music prior to doing Don't Stop St. Pete helped you at all when you first kind of started to take more of the ropes for this? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. Because, you know, you, it was trial and error and all the other things that the previous productions I were a part of. So it's like you're able to take all those, all that experience and really put it all into one thing, and then that's what I did. So, because the thing about it, we closed the street, had a main like it was just it's insanity to think that we had like almost a hundred bands one year, and then like seventy bands, and now we we're down to like twenty seven to thirty bands and artists. It's just very interesting to see how we scaled back, but contained our growth and success for what we're doing. Well, yeah, it sounds like you're still booking really incredible artists. You're giving them new spaces. There's outdoor stages and indoor stages. Um, what was it like for you to kind of put together the Marine Center for Clay this year as kind of one of your venue spaces? It's a really unique space to offer. Yeah, it was a long stretch. I I didn't even think it was possible. Really? Honestly. Like, I just said every name in the book. <laughs> It was like, I do this, and I work with this, and I do Shy, I have Shy Mural Festivals, mm-hmm. another project, and I was just like, we are going to do a great thing for the local community, and this is my budget, and I was very transparent with her, and or with the, the booking lead, and um, showed the team, and everyone was just like, this space is just so magical it's an old train station it still has like font from the delivery trucks and all the different doors lifts and like some of the original like metal doors it's just it has a lot of history and um it was it's been very challenging in terms of logistics though because the property is a studio space so um it's not used to being turned into a concert. So we've had to do a little bit of extra like um, surveying and sort of like measuring and um, we've got an awesome install team. So 
the space already has like a very magical feel. Yeah. So we're going to like situate that with like lighting and we might have a little bit of projection mapping. I really don't know the scope of it because I've kind of let, let the team that's doing that kind of just take, they know what we can't do, which is like, we can't use any nails. And so all the little things that are part of the building. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's going to be like, uh, Edison bulbs and different lighting that will light up the already cool space that it is. That's exciting. I've been there and it's a beautiful space. I'm sure having that as one of your venues and then having the outdoor stages, you're really setting up a really gorgeous showcase of not only a special building, but a special neighborhood within St. Pete. You're in kind For of sure. like that Grand Central District area, just warehouse. blocked off of it. Where yeah, the warehouse. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It it's is a little bit off the beaten path, so we're hoping to get, you know, some road traffic even from Central, even if we, like, make a sign being like, hey, it's this way. Because mm-hmm. it's always been on Central every year. Always been on Central. Yeah. So this is your first time stepping away from Central then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of a that's kind of a cool approach, though, is that you kind of get to have a special place and people know about that location. Yeah, so. and we're, we're doing Coast Bike Share is going to have, like, a mobile bike parking area. So then you'll oh, be cool. able to, like, zip there park your bike and so they're creating this and it's right on the Pinellas Trail so we're in Tour to Shine which is a bike ride that we also or I'm also part of um they are gonna it that's the same day so there'll be a lot of I feel like walkability and mobility from that area to central um and there's also studios across the street and so they're open like they not many people know that you can go and look at art during the day. You know, they think oh, wow. it's just like art shows and yeah. stuff. So, um, it's just getting the word out about that kind of stuff because then you people feel safe to come to the area earlier and um, getting that FAQ out. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot to explore just in that neighborhood too. I mean, there's a lot of the artists at their studios like just blocks away that they can always go explore. So that's really cool to kind of have, not only are you showcasing musicians, but the whole arts as a whole. That's yeah. really neat. No, that's definitely very important. And then especially this year with our environmental partner, like even the environment is a big part. Like, Oh really? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so I started working for this nonprofit um, called 3PR and um, it's people for protecting the Peace River, which is the river I grew up in. Um, Arcadia so it's part of the Peace River watershed and Mayaka watershed and there's some pretty serious things that are happening they're doing phosphate mining and they're just ripping it up and that's where a lot of people get their drinking water and there's just a lot of um, things in, in the air right now so that became I've been heavily involved with them the past year and a half and so my decision to kind of do don't stop again was the lot. Like I wanted to keep that, what the bands had an opportunity to, to showcase, to create that showcase. And then also a platform to help the nonprofit that I've been working so hard for, because we're about to go into litigation and those things cost money. And so like, I've really learned how that, how it works with budgeting and, and putting on events. So I can also give back to the nonprofit that I'm working with. That's really cool. That's something I'm sure not enough people know about the event also, that this nonprofit is also involved in that aspect. Yeah, I'm definitely a behind-the-scenes kind of person, so sure. sometimes it's hard for me to be like, hey, this is also my nonprofit, or this is also yeah. who I'm like going to one day be the executive director for or something so I can pay myself. You know, like there's things yeah. that like are part of the nonprofit spectrum that's happening right now that that's really – who's able to keep things alive, like with the arts and humanities. Mm-hmm. Um, we were gonna, we're trying to get someone to come speak about that. Like, we're, we'll have speakers during the day. Oh, really? That's cool. They're going to be like maybe 10-minute spots, but um, just to get the message out, you know? I mean, there's so many, There's going to be dead air between the outdoor studios of about 10 minutes. Sure. Charlie Chris wanted to come. He did. What did yeah. you say to him? <laughs> I said, you know, here's our schedule. Please send me your, what your availability is, and I'll see if it'll fit in our schedule. I talked to a couple people before I gave them the go-ahead, and the I got two back, don't get political, 
and one back was like, this is awesome. You have a congressman coming to your festival. And mm -hmm. I was like, it was one of the environmental people because they get one-on-one -on -one time with them if he comes sure. there. And so I think he found out that this is what the event was about. And he didn't want to get bombarded with the, because um, Center for Biological Diversity is going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, Suncoast Waterkeeper for our area and Sierra Club, Minnesota, Sarasota chapter. And those are big, the big names in, in Florida's environmental fighting. And so I think his people found out and was like, he emailed me at 12 at night and was like, I'm sorry, but we, he, we have other arrangements. And I was like, whoa, like, trust me, I, I work late, but like I boomerang that shit or I'll like draft it and send it in the morning. But like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I thought it was a jab, but then again, I, I take things personal sometimes. So. <laughs> oh, well, it's politics. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Interesting rant, but Sorry. I think I, my mom's a natural conspiracy theorist, so oh, really? sometimes it trickles over to me, too. <laughs> that's really funny, but hey, that's it happens, and that's interesting that, you know, those are the kind of people that you'll be able to have present, though, at your event, is people who care about causes in the area that impact everybody. You're, you're really bringing together so many different elements and personalities and importance into one festival that I don't think I hear about that very often in any festivals of being able to have such a variety in one space. And then speaking of variety, you have a really diverse lineup. I'm really impressed. I mean, you have people like, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his name right, like Heitzens and like priests and all these people who are, you know, you have people of color, you have people who are involved women in their music, you know, do you factor that in at all whenever you're booking or planning, trying to do that? This year, most definitely. Really? What made you kind of begin to think that way or apply that this year, I should say? Honestly, like confidence. Really? Like, I thought, I thought like, I can make the decision because I'm making this decision. I didn't really have to, like, pretend to be, like, or, like, not pretend, sorry. I didn't have much pressure, like, or maybe I did have more pressure, and so I was like, oh, I need to book a big, big name band. Whereas, like, this year I was like, this stuff is solid. Like, let's roll with like the diversity and like because I didn't I didn't let other I don't really know how to explain. It. I guess I'm not. There's so many festivals that have just guys and all the bands. They don't think about it. And there's like only a few girl singers in the bands or musicians. Yeah, and as an organizer, you're like a woman organizer. You're like yeah. I can't even have like because of this bubble that you think that you're supposed to stay in line with and then it's like oh I'm gonna pop that bubble because I want to do more that I think is just gonna be impactful for like the experience I think is we've never not had a festival with like at least one or two girl bands or like girl hip-hop or girl acoustic or any kind of thing yeah even like in the past year or so there I was impressed by how many bands that Featured, you know, women or people of color, all just people of different backgrounds. I that you were wearing a locals only shirt. I love it. It's it perfect. not strategic. And then I was in the car and I'm like, this is so strategic. That's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I love that. Who was your favorite act to book or like who are you the most excited to see play this year? I know it's hard to pick favorites. I'm <laughs> sure. Okay, favorites. Someday River. <laughs> never, never seen them live. Really? That's cool. And and usually I have a thing. I'm like, I always, I never put a band on a on a gig unless I've seen them play before. You know, it's like been yeah. a rule of thumb. But he's in Fayroy. They share members of Fayroy, and so I'd say Freedback. Freedback. Yeah. I haven't seen them yeah, yeah, play yeah. before. But he used to be in this band that was like they used to play shows really a long time ago. They were called Flex Start. Oh okay. yeah, do I remember that band? Yeah, pop band. Mm -hmm. Yep. Kristen no, put him on the Rise Show. Back. He puts that on his resume. <laughs> he sent in a writer. Oh. Freebacks <laughs> Pro. Yeah, I like, put them on Ride State Theater, and I didn't even know that. I was like, he did all the music for the Shine videos. Dude is on fire right now. Oh, that's awesome. I. Did not know that about him. Select start. Wow, I remember that band. 
Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so one of the things I always like to ask people who are really involved in music, and this doesn't have to apply to the festival itself, but across the board, but what are some of the challenges that you feel like you've had to face and, um, how have you learned from them? Such good questions. I would have to say that you don't have to be everyone's friend. You know, like, you can keep your friendships, but you can also, like, not have to be everyone's friend, you know? And so I'm just, like, a friendly person, and so I'm like, everybody's my buddy, but, yeah. I've learned that. That was the hard thing to learn a couple times. It's very stressful putting on an event, because you never know if people are going to come or not. Expectations. There's a lot of expectations. (laughs) You mean, if no one comes, you're left with the bill? So that's stressful. I mean, we have some sponsorships, but I mean, there's always like things that come up and expenses that you didn't expect to have that, that you have. And um, promotion-wise, you stress on promotion because mm-hmm. like, am I reaching everyone? And pressure, you know, for Are the people bands. talking about it. Yeah. Like, and then you're like you don't perform well for the band or the production wasn't as good. Like you have all those other factors. So it's like, you got a lot of eyes on you, like, or a lot of, you know, people you could let down. Sponsorships. So if you don't do a good event, I don't want to give you any more money for the next year kind of thing. There's a lot of challenges, but you have to think about the risks before you get rewards kind of thing. No, that makes sense. And I mean, even if I just talk about last year's event, I mean, the reward looked phenomenal. <laughs> the entire event, people were talking about the venue spaces, the bands they were seeing, just the atmosphere. It felt like a very real and full festival. It always does. But that's what people kind of come out of it saying, you know, it's like my friend did great during this set. And I got to discover a new band I wasn't listening to before and really get to know, you know, more parts of St. Pete that I didn't see before. So that's kind of the cool part that at least I hear on the outside. After cool that you have that outlook. I know. You've it's... actually been to Don't Stop St. Pete. Yep. <laughs> You've been to so many shows that we've put on. So you know that the feel and the look and what we're trying to accomplish. And we never done it at that venue last year. So we kind of just like to do it on the fly and make events happen and put the stages and get stages built kind of thing. Like Tropical Bus, that was so random. Was that like, was amazing. Who's going to be on what stage and how many stages we're going to have to put on okay. fans. We have to do it. About that stage, though, my favorite part was that you had Chant the Trees playing up there, and they literally looked like they were sitting in the trees because of how high the bus was. I'm like, oh, the irony, and it's beautiful. Was that intentional in your part? I didn't even think about that. That was just the acoustic stage. Yeah. The stage that was, like, able to house that much gear. So, like, yeah, we wanted wanted that stage, like, which is so interesting how those decisions are made. Like, we kind of go into it, and we're like, all right, we're going to have the – we want these – bands how do we make these bands happen and where do we put them and how do we put them together how does it flow yeah what about the gear like are they have like a shit ton of amps or are they gonna like be an acoustic act so Mm -hmm. let's put those bands kind of together but also throw in a like random something to switch it up you know yeah I liked that one I remember in particular because you got to enjoy music if you were walking between other sets too Mm -hmm. Like, I remember there were many times where it was, like, I was planning to walk to another set over at, like, um, Wove, for example. But I would end up stopping and listening to whoever is playing during that stage. I'm like, that's kind of cool, though, because it draws attention from all directions. So, that's just really good planning on you guys' part. I, I think, yeah, thanks. I, I think that um, this year there's not going to be much walkability in terms mm-hmm. of where you're going from the stage, from the other stage. But that's where we're going to create, like, little pockets of, like, hanging places that you can, you know, have a conversation or, like... Sure. um, You know, but there's definitely going to be consecutive music all at every indoor and outdoor time with, like... Yeah, that schedule's really well done. Ten minutes. Dude, Shane's a wizard. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's like, we didn't even have to prove the times. They were just done. We're like, whoa. Like, That's really well done. No, it's yeah. great. Yay. I feel like if anything, with the way you have it staggered, it's like you really won't have to pick and choose too often either. You'll you, He did mention that you can see one band for one song. Every all like all day. yeah at minimum you could do that yeah. so that's really cool I love it when festivals do that I hate when I have to make the hard choice of like do I want to see X band or Y band because they're within ten minutes of each other and they're spread so far apart so it helps when you know the scene because you know what friends are going to be for there for what show mm-hmm. you know like what person wants to see if I was that person what band would I want to go see and so his knowledge of the market is I. I think really helps. And anyone that, in the case that does that, it's because they know what is, um, what is before them, you know. It's so just having someone that's in a band yeah. with bands. Yeah, definitely. Set setting and Shane, he knows the to-dos and the not-to-dos in regards to talking with bands, scheduling bands. Yeah. But that being said, too, do you have any shout-outs or anybody that's been super awesome in helping you, kind of putting everything together that you want to say thank you to, or, you know, I'm totally opening that up. <laughs> uh, Courtney Howard, totally, we got a, we had a lot more girls on our team this year. Like, really? Um, Deanna Hawk from Black Crow Coffee, Courtney Howard, Courtney Sue Howard, um, okay, cool, um, uh, Jeanette from Symphonic <laughs> Distribution. <laughs> um, shows yeah. I go to. Yeah, we were yeah. Sarah wrote up a really you know cool record. And then, um, where was the, there was, oh, Juliana from The Hollander came through. And so today at, she, we had lunch before we came here, mm-hmm. our late dinner or whatever, and she was like, going over the Friday show for the launch event, and I was like, man, I've had a really powerful day. Like, I had college Jeanette from Symphonic. I had to meet with you. I'm going to meet with a man. You know, I had all this, like, these plans for today with, like, women, and I think that's why Kristen was, like, I was almost bawling like a baby on the way over here because I was like, <laughs> this is really awesome. This is the feeling that makes it like it was just really awesome that's really special to be able to know that there's that many really great people that are involved with what you're doing and have that community come together and really shape what's this year's don't stop st pete so what kind of goals do you have for you know going forward for yourself and for the festival goals i know she said you're gonna ask this question <laughs> I want to make a difference is, is kind of my, my MO right now. Um, I want to learn policies and get more involved with how you get things done on a government level. So, um, I want to take my experience in promotion to, um, I don't want to say activism, but definitely, you know, stir some commotion up with some of the Florida policies that we have for our environment and with big sugar and prospect mining and we just have such rich we're gonna be underwater soon so I don't know I'm I'm um I'm in Miami and that's a big problem there so I'm gonna hopefully tap into that um more and use my experience with promotion into that field that's awesome and find the bands that want to speak up too. Well, sure. There's some that are just very politically minded as well. They want to keep in mind the things that are impacting them in their communities. And, you know, they'll have passions about things like, you know, water, phosphate, anything that impacts them. So it's yeah. really cool that you want to kind of bridge those together also. Yeah. I feel like I have such a cool job already. I want to see it grow and I want to age with it. Like, I also want to be more involved in all of Florida kinds of scenes and shows and festivals. Yeah, I Like, that. I love being at Fest and helping there. I like, you know, helping promote Okeechobee Music Festival. I'm working that. And I love going to Orlando and seeing shows there. Yeah, we just went to a festival up there called Contact Music Festival. It was the art, activism, and music for... 
yeah, it was, it was cool. It was well attended and, you know, more of those little pocket things. Like, I like going to those. I just want to continue to be successful at our own projects and exciting adventures. That's so awesome. I mean, sometimes you just want to keep building what you've already got. So yeah. that's exciting. Well, I hope that all that starts to begin to happen for you and picks up even more momentum. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who wanted to get involved in their local music scene right now? Work for free. <laughs> get out there. Go meet people who are doing things. Yeah, you're going to pull your weight in. You know, I've actually been asked that question quite a few times. More times than I really expected it. Just like, how do you, like, and I'm like, what? What do you mean, how did I get to where I'm, where I'm at? Like, it was a realization of, like, these people take me in very high regard, and they were being serious. Like, they weren't even, like, bullshitting. And so I would, I, you know, explain to them, and I was like, it took me a minute because it was on Facebook or something. And I was like, I normally don't use Facebook Messenger either, but I have to now. And I'm just like, oh, I have to. So responded to him and, and you know, told him that, getting in on the ground level and then, you know, showing your stuff and hard work. Like really, it's really just hard work. He's like, Oh, I work in bars. I work in industry. I work here. Like I'm really trying to break out. And I was like, hard work, dude, you just got to hard work. Show they're worth it. And show like, you know, prove yourself. Like, you know, I mean, or not prove yourself, but like, yeah, just, show up and, you know, do hard work. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, when you do show up and you deliver, that's yeah. when people begin to take notice of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned so many people who started to notice your work and then notice your presence in the scene, and that's how you got to where you are. So that's really neat. Well, where can everybody find all things Don't Stop St. Pete and also everything for you, Anna and Kristen? <clears throat> Follow me. <laughs> <laughs> At K-R-I-510-T-I-N or no clubs, at no clubs. Nice. I'm at Don't Stop or at Don't Stop St. Pete. Awesome. Pretty much across most social media then? Yeah, it's and all visit <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Shameless Everybody's going to have to come and find all of you and keep track and turn up for Don't Stop St. Pete this weekend. Thanks so much for being on. Oh, thank you. Check us out at don'tstopcp.com.
just heard Anna and Kristen of Don't Stop St. Pete. Both of these people are incredible. They book really talented bands. They put such a strong effort into balancing local acts and national acts and sometimes even international acts. It's really important to be able to keep up with the people who contribute to so much of a music scene. You know, the fact that these are people who contribute to booking and not just performing, it's an incredible feat. And to see so much success within our area is always just so special to me. If you want to go to Don't Stop St. Pete, make sure you check out the lineup at don'tstopstpete.com. There's a schedule posted along with all of the bands that are playing and some links to their music. If you want to keep up with Don't Stop St. Pete, make sure that you follow them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. They're really great at keeping you updated on who's who, what's happening, and future plans that they may have and other events. So until next time, keep up with the St. Pete scene with Don't Stop St. Pete.